Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn around and, and look at somebody and say, isn't this good? Amen. Let's, let's be like the Campbell Soup Kids as God's kids today. Look at somebody again and say, mm-mm, good. Amen. Bible said the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And He knows them. He knows them. He cherishes them. It's that kind of knowledge that trust in Him. He knows us today. He recognizes us as His children. We have children's bread. We have the right to come into the presence of God today. Amen. Is anybody chilly out there that needs a wrap? I was going to come and thump you so you'd forget about being chilly. No, I'm kidding. I was offering you my coat. If you, are you chilly? You're not chilly. You are chilly. You got a wrap. You're just not wearing it because we've been worshiping. Praise God. We're one accord. It brings us into that one accord. Two of you come together in my name. There am I in the midst of them, Jesus taught. And if two of you on earth purpose for being in our midst, his purpose for being in our midst is so he can answer prayer, do us good as his children, and bring himself glory. He's not going to get the glory out of our defeat. He gets glory out of our victory. He doesn't get glory out of our questioning him. He gets glory out of our believing him. And the reason God honors faith is because faith honors God. Faith honors God. I remember... Years ago, we didn't get to go to many places. Disney World wasn't even built yet. But there was somewhere we could take our little boy, Alan, little boy at that time. Uh, and that was Six-Gun Territory. Does anybody remember Six-Gun Territory? You do. She's waving at me. I see that gray hair in there. I knew you'd remember that. Amen. Just keep it. It's, it looks good on you. You What? You've been there? Where's that gray hair, son? That's from way back. Way back when? Back in the day when my son was a little guy. And we took Grandpa, uh, who give him everything he wanted and let him do anything he wanted. And I thought, boy, he's mellowed out since he was my daddy. Amen. <laughs> He's really mellowed out since he was my daddy. Uh, but anyway, so we got out of the car and I wanted to be the hero of the day. I wanted to show my son this place. What it was, it was near uh, Silver Springs, the glass bottom boats and all of that. And they had a reconstructed, westerns were big, gun smokers running and rawhide, hit them up, move them out, drive them hard, rawhide. Amen kind of a church song for pastors and sh no anyway <laughs> i know you're raw sometimes but it's just to help you deal with weak flesh amen hallelujah and and i wanted to show him that six gun territory and at certain intervals 15 minute minute intervals they would have a mock gunfight in the street well i knew the gunfight was coming i knew some guys were going to come and rob the bank and they're going to come out with shotguns and pistols and rifles and they're shooting blanks but that noise that cacophony of sound is going to start and uh, and my son is walking yeah that's it right there i i 
They don't need, if he was there, they didn't even need the guns. He could just give him a microphone. And we, uh, I, he, he won't, my son won't even walk with me. He's walking hand in hand with grandpa. And I'm walking, you know, 10 feet behind him saying, you know, I'm, I've paid to get in here. <laughs> he didn't pay to get in here. He bought you the 50 cent ice cream cone. And I'm your daddy, I'm your protector, I'm your provider, and you're up there just walking with him, not even looking back at me. And suddenly, it was time for the gunfight to occur. And boy, it was loud. And they began to shoot and, and, and holler, and, and, and he didn't know that it was a put-on gunfight at, what, six, seven years old. He thought something was going down, something serious was happening. And he turned loose a granddaddy's hand. And he come running for me. And I thought, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> he come running to me. And he jumped into my arms. And I grabbed him and held him close. And he nestled right there next to my neck and put his head, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I thought, yeah. Boy, I'm going to get me a blank gun around the house. <laughs> get me some loving from my son. But you know how that made me feel? It made him feel safe because he knew no matter what is going on, my daddy is strong and my daddy loves me and my daddy is going to take care of me and my daddy is going to protect me. That honored me. Amen. Did you know what happens when we run to God instead of look to ourselves and others? It honors Him. Our Heavenly Father's faithful. I can trust Him. I don't have to fear them because my trust is in Him. Can you say, man, the name of the Lord is a strong tower? What do the righteous do? We runneth into it. And we are what? Safe. And that word safe is it's about a tower. That is so high above your enemy that he cannot ascend it. He can't get to where you are. Literally, it means high above evil intentions. High, so high above it that the enemy would do you harm, but you're up here and he's down there. I tell you the story. My wife is a, a, a you know, I'm, I had an, y'all prayed for my ankle and God healed my ankle. Remember when she called in for prayer and, and, and Doug remembered and y'all laid hands on me for my ankle uh, because I was going out the back gate, the old wooden gate of an old fence that we have around the back of the house. And I was going out and a black snake ran across my feet, big one. But I didn't have time to say, that's just a black, black snake. It won't hurt me. It was just a snake. Initially, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't a black snake. It wasn't a poisonous, non-poisonous. It was a snake and it was right across. And I jumped and jerked and twisted that ankle. And then I, I, the pain every single day. I came to church with pain. I, I limped along. Uh, and and uh, she saw me limping for so long, she wanted y'all to pray for me. Amen. Because I didn't know what to do about it except look to God. And when y'all prayed, one accord, two or more agreeing, God heard. 
God answered. And I'm so grateful to the Lord today to be pain-free and that foot to be healed. But what I'm saying about snakes, uh, my wife has got worse than me. Uh, if it gets anywhere near, uh, uh, you know, she's, she's ready to fight her flight and she's not going to fight it. So she's, she's, she, she doesn't. And if you've got a pet snake, God bless your heart. You're crazy, but God bless your heart anyway. Can you say amen? No, they're probably nice if you don't fear them. But, but there is a place in Colorado. If you ever want to retire to Colorado, you get a realtor. And you want to live up in the mountains, in the high, high mountains area. Uh, they will ask you a question, a real estate man will or woman. Do you want to live above or below the snake line? You say, that's no, that, no problem. I'm going to live below the snake. See, there's a place where it stays so cold, so long, that snakes just don't den or live in that area. And once you get to that height, it's, they, they actually call it above the snake line. You know, we have a serpent, that old serpent, the devil, that is like a roaring lion that walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Amen. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. And steadfast in the faith doesn't mean just believing God. It means trusting in Him, looking to Him, and running to Him. Not running in panic from the devil, but running to God in faith. There's a difference. It's not fearing the devil. It's recognizing, being sober, being vigilant. He's seriously committed to our destruction. God is absolutely seriously committed to our deliverance. Can you say amen? And the name of the Lord. Everybody say the name of the Lord. Every time he is revealed by name. In fact, the Old Testament says the name of the Lord defend thee. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Can you say amen? When God revealed himself by name or revealed himself in his wonderful acts of deliverance and people began to call him by name, Jehovah Shalom, he will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee, not just because he's thinking about him, but because he's trusting in him. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. That means the first thing that comes to your mind when trouble comes is the faithfulness of God. And you put your faith and trust in him. Doesn't mean you don't ever go to a doctor or take any medicine. It means that you don't do that. And as a last resort, look to God. It means that you look to God first and foremost. Can you say man? God is so good today. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Praise God. Knowing the name in, in ancient times was knowing the character of a person. A name was given to identify the character of a person. And when they called him by names in the Old Testament, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord our banner, I love, I love those mighty names that reveal his unchanging character and person. That's why we trust him. Faith is not just a force 
as it's been identified wrongly and unbiblically in our generation that develops within you. It's not just a force. It is powerful. But it's not just a force that develops within you. It's a person that you come to know well enough to put your trust in. It's a, it's a person. The Holy Spirit is... We, we, we as Pentecostals begin to kind of depersonalize the Holy Spirit and just use the word power in relation to Him and, 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 and almost make Him and it... You can't put your trust in an it, but you can put your trust in Him. Can you say, man? They that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. Praise God. You don't devote yourself to power. You devote yourself to a person that you love back for loving you. And every name of God reveals His person. God is a spirit. No man has seen God as far as His His image at any time but when jesus came the bible said he was the express image of god and it said that he brought him out he he expository preaching is when you when you take something and you bring it out you bring it out it's unseen but you bring it out it's vague but you make it clear an understanding of God at best in the Old Covenant was very vague. But when Jesus come, he made it clear. And they said, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. We want to know this good, gracious God. We want to know him. Show us the Father. And he said, have you been with me all this time? And you say, show us the Father. When you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And you say, man, he said, then my words that you've heard me speak, they're not my words, but what I hear my father say. And the works that I do are not my works, but what I see my father do. When you've seen me, you've seen the father. Someone comes to Jesus and says, son of David, if thou wilt, thou canst make me whole. And Jesus says, I will. He's showing us the father. He said, if I do a work, it's my father has authorized it. My father has ordained it. My father has purposed it. So when you've seen me do that, you know what God will do for you. You know what the father will do. He wanted them so bad to know the father, not just know him, but know God himself. This majestic, wonderful, powerful, all holy, this God that dwells in unapproachable light. The scripture said in the New Testament, the glory emanating from his presence is so powerful, it would destroy you to approach that light in your physical person. But this God who angels have to shield themselves, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, Isaiah said, amen, and his train filled the temple. And I saw the seraphim, the angels of the Lord and these particular angels were, were angels that ministered in the presence of God. And they had three sets of wings. With twain, they covered their face. And with twain, they covered their feet. No part of their spiritual body could endure the presence of the Lord. Amen. And yet, he comes to manifest his presence in our midst, not in that full-blown glory. It would kill us all. Amen. We'd have a quick trip to heaven. But in, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. 
And at his right hand, there is pleasure forevermore. And he said, when you come together in my name, there am I. There am I in the midst of them. And the Bible said of Jesus, we beheld his glory. Not that Shekinah that shines from the presence of God, but the glory that causes that Shekinah to shine. When Jesus came, he showed us the Father. He cloaked all the, in him, in him, Jesus dwelt all, not some, not a portion, not a part. I and my Father are one. This is the mystery. The Bible said, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Praise God. Can you say, man, God was manifest in the flesh. Therefore, in him dwelt all, all, say it with me, all. You think that he, he, he was just, since he was the uh, second person of the Godhead, he just got a third of the triune God. He only had, no, all. Say it with me, all. all. When you got it all, there ain't no more. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? There's not more of God sitting on the throne than there was in Jesus Christ. Amen. In Him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. So he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When you've heard my teaching, you've heard the Father talk to you. And he said, up until this time, you haven't been asking the Father anything in my name. You've been coming to me for everything. But he knew he was going to ascend. And he was going to sit down at the right hand of power. And he was going to stay there until his enemies be made his footstool. Heretofore. You haven't asked the Father. You see, as long as we are power-focused instead of person-focused, we're not going to put our trust in the power alone. God has all power. But do you trust Him enough that He will release it in your behalf? That's the issue of faith. That's the flashpoint. That's when it's going to operate or unbelief and doubt is going to, going to quench it. You've got to know God well enough to trust Him. And the best way to come to know God is not just spending time with Him in prayer. Amen. It's getting a revelation of Jesus. Because when you've seen me, and that's why He said, I'm astounded that you don't know what, what the Father... Father, if you haven't seen the Father, you should have seen Him in me. You should have heard Him through me. Because my words are not mine. They're His. My works, everything I did, I saw my Father do first. Can you say amen? I'm going to tell you something about the Father. He's wonderful. He's not just powerful. He's personal. He's intimate. He's not sitting aloof in His heaven. He is here with us. And, and he's a good God. And he's a gracious God. Remember blind Bartimaeus, how he used his faith? It's what he knew about the character and nature of God and of Christ that gave him the faith to believe for his sight. Blind Bartimaeus, he sat by the wayside begging. He heard an entourage coming. He heard a crowd. He heard loud noises. 
And he knew and had heard that this man, Jesus, who, who was healing the sick and casting out devils and a man who worked miracles and God was with him. Surely God was with him. And he heard he was coming down that thoroughfare that day and he heard the sound get louder and louder and louder and when it was right in front of him if you don't have your sight you become super sensitive to sound and when that sound was right in front of him he knew Jesus is passing by can you say man and he began to cry out Jesus son of David now listen to the difference in what really is faith and what is being taught he didn't say, Jesus, son of David, I'm, I have been reading the word and faith is grown in me. Bless God, I'm claiming your promise to heal me. So I'm expecting you to stop and come over here and do it. Hallelujah. Was that the focus of his faith? Was his own faith a force within him? If you're trying to develop that kind of faith, shame on you. I feel sorry. No wonder you look disappointed and dejected. That's not how faith works. Well, brother, so-and-so said, it. I, I, I don't read his book. I read God's book. And I judge anything he says or what he writes by what God has said. I let God be true and every man be the liar. Oh, by the way, that includes me. Me. If I feel something that contradicts God's word, I want to go with God's word instead of what I feel. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Everybody say sight. It's not just sight. It means the five, one of the five senses that tell us everything about the physical world and absolutely nothing about the spirit realm. Your eyes, God is invisible. We, God is invisible. But he does visible things to prove his presence with us. Amen. Tangible things. Praise God. The God of wonders is here. The God of miracles is here. But you can't see him. The Holy Spirit, he's invisible. And Jesus said, but he's like the wind. You can't see the wind. Yes, I can. When the wind blows. Yeah, when the wind manifests. You can't see the wind, but you can see the result of the presence of the wind. Can you say, man, when the trees go like this, the wind is blowing. By the way, there came a sound from heaven when the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind. Remember Genesis when God shaped man out of the clay of the earth? You know what Adam meant? It meant red clay. That meant he's from Georgia. He's a Georgia boy. Got to be from Georgia. Can't be Alabama or Mississippi. The red clay begins somewhere between here and Atlanta. Red clay. He made him from the clay. Adam in the Hebrew meant red clay. He made him from the dust of the earth. Wherever it was, it was reddish in its look. But he was nothing but an inanimate dead body for all practical purposes until God did something. God breathed. And when God breathes, when a spirit breathes, he breathes spirit. He made man a living soul. And when it talks about the image, God is invisible. So it wasn't our physical body 
It was in part of the image of God is that you today, not when you get saved, but when you were born into this world, you are immortal. You are eternal. Whether you're Christian or not, you will live forever somewhere. Death is not going to stop your existence. That's what's so terrifying about hell. You're going to live. The sea gave up her dead, Revelation 20. The land and the earth gave up her dead. It's appointed unto man once to die, but not to be dead and buried and done with. There's a judgment coming. And people that died at sea, whose bodies become nothing more than molecules, those molecules are going to come together. God has the DNA of every person that's ever lived. And every person that's ever lived is going to rise. Resurrection is not just for the just. There's a resurrection of the just. But there's a resurrection of the unjust. And while we as Christians really should and do embrace the resurrection message, the world needs to know they're going to live again. Death is not going to stop their existence. The question isn't, are they going to live again? Are they going to have eternal life in the sense of living forever? Their spirit. But it's where are they going to live forever? That's one of the most sobering concepts that I could ever conceive. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. They preached with a passion. They weren't preaching to build their name, their reputation, their kingdom, but to reach souls that are headed for eternity, that are going to live forever somewhere. Can you say man? Is that sobering today? That's a sobering thought. It helps me to stay the course. It's not just what I have to gain uh, in, in terms of heaven and the heavenly city and, and that it's what I, I have escaped. Thank God I've escaped the wrath to come. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. One of the most horrifying scenes in the Bible is Revelation chapter 20. And I, I saw the dead, both small and great, stand before the great white throne. The sea gave up her dead, and the earth gave up her dead. All the dead that have died since life began. People that are, oh, there's an exception. All those whose name were not found written in the Lamb's book of life. Can you say amen? Do you know what happens when you get saved? You become a citizen of heaven. The Bible said our conversation is in heaven. It's not about just our lifestyle. It's, not a, it's about the very fact of citizenship. While here upon the earth... Heaven recognizes you as its citizen the moment you get saved. And your name is pinned into a book. God has a book. God keeps good records. And everyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The false prophet was cast in. The devil was cast in. The Antichrist was cast in and everyone else whose name was not found written 
That's why he told one of the churches of Asia to be faithful unto him, and I will not blot your name out of the book of life. And you know what he called that to John? John said in Revelation 20, this is the second death. Second death? You don't die just once and you're done? No, you are raised to eternal salvation or you're raised to eternal damnation. But one thing is for sure, it's not over when you die. I'm highly motivated. This world can hold all the trinkets it wants before me. Jesus was astounded that people didn't get that. He said, what would a man give? What would a man give? If he really gets it, what would he give in exchange for his immortal, eternal soul? Can you say man? Are you ready for the blessing part of this? Are you ready for the blessing part of it? How many Christians we have in here? Your name is in his book. Heaven records you as its citizen. I've said at many funerals, I'm going to say it at many more if I live long enough. I was thinking about preaching my own funeral and having it on video. I don't know if nobody knows me as well as I know me. <laughs> Brother Taylor, wouldn't that be something? Say, Brother Venable said, said, say, he's he, he going to preach his own funeral. Here's the tape. <laughs> Boy, that Brother Venable, he was something else. Lord, how mercy that man could preach. I'm telling you. <laughs> and husband, what you talking about? Ain't nobody had a husband like Pamela's husband. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Amen. No, I want to go to heaven too bad to do something to ruin it all. Amen. Brother Taylor, you got to outlive me. Come on. I got to have somebody that they'll give me a good and amen, a good send off. That knows me. Yeah, who else? Brother Bob knows me pretty good after eight years of meeting with him and, and sharing the Pentecostal message and blessing with him. He's got so so bad as, that he uh, opens his Bible and, and, and looking for something to jump out at him. And he's got so bad that he, he's getting his song leader uh, to say if he don't want to, if he, if he wants to just play the same old song, uh, then, then he's going to have to find him another job. I'm, we're going to let the Holy Spirit, he's starting to talk about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. He'll get to the ghost part soon enough. Can you say, man, we, we got him to the Holy Spirit. He'll, he'll be talking about the Holy Ghost. Same, one in the same. It's just terminology. Can you say, man? But, you know, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost, one in the same. Listen, amen. He's saying, I, I get my message ready. I prepare it. And the Holy Spirit tells me to preach something else. And I lay my Bible down. And I go with the Holy Spirit. I said, you better watch out. <laughs> You're treading on thin earth. Amen. <laughs> he said something the other day. He did lit of the Holy Spirit. I said, how did you get that tar and feathers off? How did you, what did you put, to, you know, because generally in certain congregations, they'll send you packing or worse. Amen. <laughs> but I'm so glad that he acknowledges the place and the person of the Holy Spirit in his ministry. Praise God. They warned him about meeting with people like me. 
They did. They said, you'll ruin us. You'll, you'll be ruined. You'll be ruined. But he couldn't find fellowship with his own. Because when you're a little preacher in a big organization, the big preachers and the big organization really don't care much about what you accomplish. But you get around some of the rest of us out here in the trenches, and we'll give you fellowship and accept you and love you. Praise God. And he's, he's my brother too today. And I never had to compromise anything. He came to our church one morning. There was tongues and interpretation. Amen. And he acknowledged it was biblical and it was scriptural and it was done in order. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's even got some oil. Anointing oil. Amen. Hallelujah. Going to be praying for the sick one of these days. He's moving in that direction. God is, I call him a Baptocostal. Amen. Because he's moving in that direction. Just took eight years to get anything to rub off. But it's rubbing off. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You probably thought I'm meeting with that kind of guy. It's going to rub off on me. Well, it didn't. It rubbed the other way. Praise the Lord. God is good. I'm still Pentecostal. But I am am first biblical and scriptural. And that's why I can have fellowship and an influence. Because people recognize I'm not just into feelings. I'm into fact and faith. Can you say? Amen. And that's universal if you're a Christian. It transcends charismatic. It transcends Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ. All the denominational names is His truth and His Word. And when people preach His truth and stand on His Word, amen, it opens the door for fellowship where you could never have fellowship before. Praise God. And we need to get together on this thing called revival. We need each other's prayers. We need each other to stand with us and support us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. For in him, Jesus, dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. So he said, and then to explain that, he said, the words I speak they're only what I hear my father say. They're not mine. As if I can, I can say something in any way different than what he is saying. So when we see Jesus, what he said and what he did, the works, everybody say what he said and what he did, shows us what the father is exactly like. Because the words are the father's and the works are the father's. Can you say amen? So what did Jesus do? It's not just what would Jesus do. It's what did Jesus do. When a man says, Lord, if thou wilt, if you will, you can make me whole. You got the power. You have the authority. If you will release it, if you will, thou canst make me whole. What did Jesus say? I will. What is God like? You know what the Bible says of him? I think Brother Taylor went down this road one time in one of his teachings. Amen. Thou openest thine hand, O God. And openest thine hand? Don't ever pray to a tight-fisted God because it's not the God of the Bible. Thou openest thine hand, O God. Have you ever had... I got a dog... That, that if I take one of his toys, one of his plush squeaky things, and he's not paying any attention, and I hide it on my body somewhere, 
you know, I stick it up under my shirt and hide it and I squeak it. Suddenly he's awake. Somebody's got one of my toys. By the way, if we bring him a toy, he's got a hiding place under the bed. And that's his lair, we call it. He takes it and we say, look, let us see it. Let us see it. He looks at us and says, it's mine. And he runs into the bedroom, under the bed, chews it and smells it and salivates on it for a while to make it truly his. Amen. <laughs> then after a while, he'll bring it out and want us to play with it, with him. But the first thing he does is go and take it and be alone with it. That's my toy. Did you buy this for me? Did you buy it for you? You bought it for me, and you're saying, let me see it. No, it's not yours anymore. It's mine. And you let it squeak, and he goes hunting for it. And, and see, his hunt for it is not because I don't want him to have it. It's because I want him to find it for himself. And see the joy. He enjoys finding it. Where sometimes, I'll act, sometimes I'll put it down behind my shirt on my back. And, and he heard it squeak, so he's looking all up in here. And he puts his head up under my T-shirt, and his whiskers tickle my stomach, and I kind of likes that. <laughs> yeah, I can see. I can see. Listen, listen. If, 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 if Doug lays down on the floor, if you rub his, rub his stomach, he'd go sleep and snore, wouldn't he? Just like an alligator. It's not because I'm hiding it because I don't want him to have it. I want him to have the joy of finding it. He enjoys finding it more than me just giving it to him. He loves the hunt. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And when he finds it, oh my. Sometimes I'll, he'll find it and before he can grab it, I'll act like I throw it. And he always goes for it. He always runs looking for it. And I thought, wow. But he always comes back wagging his tail because he knows he's got it. He's going to give it to me. We're having a lot of fun here. Listen, faith reaches out to God. And God doesn't just drop everything in our lap. He wants us through trusting him and looking to him. To begin to know Him. Not to just get what we want from Him. But to get to know Him through the process. God has always wanted to reveal Himself. Most, listen, you, I don't think you're hearing me. If God just gave you everything you wanted, you wouldn't. You know, it's kind of like, I love my son. He's with the Lord. But when He came to my door, He didn't come every time to see me. He, I mean, I love him. I'm not being mean. I'm telling you, here comes Alan driving up. Reckon what he wants. Dad, do you have a shovel? Yeah, I think I do. Why? There's no need to ask why. He needs the shovel. Dad, Dad, is the lawnmower working? Yeah, last time I mowed it was. <laughs> Dad, can I borrow the lawnmower? Sure, you, I never turned him down. Sure, you can. <laughs> Dad, 
you, you, dad, dad, do you have any gas for the lawnmower? (laughs) Sure I do. It's in that can around there. It's around here. It's about half full. Never came back half full or full or came back empty. But anyway, that's okay. I'm glad. But he didn't have to know me to ask for something from me. God doesn't want you to just ask of him. He wants you to come to know him through that process. Can you say, man, he wants you to know him. Praise God. He wants you to seek him. Amen. Listen, listen to this. Prayer and faith without seeking God intimately and personally is not a biblical concept. Listen to this. This is not just a formula to get what you want. It's a formula to get what he wills, and it's a formula to get to know him. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. Stop right there. No. Would humble themselves and pray. Would humble themselves and pray. Does anybody know what comes next? And seek my face. Seek my face. If there's anything missing. It's not having a prayer on, on the national day of prayer. Leaving the church doors open. People come in and say a prayer. And by the way, while I'm on that, saying a prayer and praying a prayer is two different things. My dad would have a need. He would call me up and he said, Bobby, and he would tell me the need in great detail. And That's fine. Make your petition known. It's fine. But then he would say this. He would say, could you say a little prayer for me? And I said, no, dad, I cannot. I can't say a little prayer. But I can pray a prayer to a mighty God who can hear and answer and meet every need of your life. He began to get it. It's not a little prayer. It's not a little God. It's not, you know, Lord, I'm Jimmy. I want all you give me. It's not God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food over the teeth and through the gums. Look out stomach. Here it comes. Can you say, man, you might have was to put it in that category. Amen. No. When you pray a prayer, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much is dynamic in its working and mighty in its power praise god hallelujah we serve a mighty god so i can't say a little prayer for you but i can pray to a mighty god who will hear and answer and help you praise god amen Hulk Hogan used to say, how do you stay so healthy when he was on top in the wrestling arena? He said, I take my vitamins and say my prayers. Journalists who don't know God from Adam's house cat, amen, will say, we're all all praying. Praying to whom? Really? Your people of prayer? Oh, Really? Sitting, drinking that cocktail, criticizing everything the Bible has to say. But your people of prayer. Come on. Amen. The people of prayer are the people who know their God. And they know their God because they have seen him in Christ. And in the Old Testament, they know their God 
because he said revealed himself through his acts and his works and they know him they know him they know him hallelujah as a as a person with a character that is unchanging they called him jehovah sikinu they called him jehovah shalom they called him jehovah rofi jehovah rapha they called him the healer because he healed them can you say man Hallelujah. We need, a, we need a vision of the Father based on the words and works of Jesus. So that he, we don't have this vague idea of him. But we come to love him. Who he is. For who he is. Hallelujah. We beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. In the beginning was the word. The word was with him and the word was in him. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among men. And we, because he was made flesh and dwelt among men, we beheld what angels had to shield themselves from and no man could approach. We beheld his glory. When did that occur? When did that light shine from Jesus? It was in his works and his words. Never a man spoke like this man. What manner of man is this that the sea and the waves obey him? When he said, peace be still to that storm-tossed sea that threatened to sink that boat, the Bible said, and immediately there was a great calm. It didn't slow down. The wind didn't let up and the sea finally quit being so tossed. Immediately, it was like glass because creation heard the voice of the Creator. Hallelujah. And immediately obeyed. Glory to God. Never a man. Never a man. A man. Yes, this God of glory and grace, but never a man that spoke and had the same authority as the Creator. Because why? Because nothing was made that He did not make. Jesus existed. He pre-existed that that manger. He pre-existed Bethlehem. He was with the Father at creation. And that's why the Father said, Let us... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Make man in our image. Can you say man? Handa barosha yeta da maroreboni me kalaba sitianda da baba asalabariti. Hallelujah. To wit, great is the mystery of godliness. God was in Jesus Christ on the cross, redeeming the world unto Himself. That's what astounded the songwriters of old, the Wesleys and the rest of them. They were overwhelmed. God dying for my sin, my Creator. I'm going to tell you something that's kind of a misnomer. I still use it, but I understand far beyond it. Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? It doesn't do justice to what happened on the cross. Yes, he's the king of glory. Yes, he's the king of the Jews. Yes, he's the king of the universe. But Jesus was far more than a reigning king of kings and lord of lords. He was God incarnate. He was God manifest in the flesh. 
Can you say amen? Everybody say God manifest in the flesh. And what overwhelmed the theologians of old who got deeper than the shallow teachings of today. The entertainment focused teachings of today. It's shallow. People are not getting to know their God. They're just getting to know all he's provided for them. Tell me more about what's promised me. Tell me more. What have you done for me lately? Amen. He's taken your place on the cross. And it wasn't just a king that did it. It was the God that created you. I want to save them so bad. But I can't without, I can't look over their sin. Sin has to be punished. Amen. So he's a just God. And therefore he has to punish sin. But he's a justifier of them that believe on Jesus Christ. How can he be just and justify us? Hallelujah. Because he paid personally the price for our sin. To wit, God was in Jesus Christ on the cross reconciling the world unto himself. That a king would die for me is enough to bowl me over. But that the God who created me, holy, pure, that dwells in unapproachable light, would take on flesh and take my place and take my punishment so I could be saved. Oh, what a Savior. The songwriter wrote, Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. If you ever get excited because of revelation and not just a feeling in church, when you leave church, that feeling is not going with you. How do you know? Because I've seen your face on the way out. And I've seen it on the way in. It's when we sense the presence of God that we begin to kind of get, you know, out of the doldrums and quit thinking about our problems and our pressures and our pains for a little while. But when you get a revelation, it goes with you. You get up in the morning, you don't say, good morning, Lord, you say, I mean, you don't say, you, you don't say, good Lord, morning, <laughs> you say, good morning, Lord. And you, you declare every morning in my life I get up and I don't know what this day is going to hold, but I do know who holds this day and who holds me. And I declare and proclaim, this is the day the Lord has made. I will, before the devil gets a chance to steal my joy, interrupt my peace, I will rejoice and be glad in it since God is in control. Nothing's going to happen today that he is not aware of. That he doesn't usurp absolute power and authority over. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. As we close today, I want to know him better. He wants me to know him. Hallelujah. And when I held my son in my arms at six-gun territory, and he felt peace in the midst of all of that noise and perceived threat, And he felt safe. Two things happened. I was honored by his trust in me. And I want you to know I was so honored that I would never refuse him running to me that way. 
I would never disappoint him and say, no, you, I'm not going to take care of you. No, no. He, he's, he, he runs to my arms. He's going to find a safe haven. He's going to find a safe place. Can you say man? Hallelujah. How many know we need to get out of the shallow teaching that satisfies the shallow soul? You ever get to know your God? Jesus said, I want you to know him. I want you to know him. Heretofore, you haven't asked the Father anything in my name. Ask him that you might receive. How are we to pray? We're to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever you ask the Father in my name. But you ask who? You ask the Father in His name. Heretofore, you haven't done that. Heretofore, you haven't asked the Father anything in my name. Ask that you might receive for the Father Himself loveth you. And then in John 17, which is the real Lord's Prayer, I don't have time to delineate between the pattern for us. Lord, teach us to pray that it must be our prayer. But His prayer for us, His intercession for us before the cross is in John's Gospel, chapter 17. And He said, Father, here's what I pray for my followers from here forward. He said, you know how you're in me? And I'm in you? I want them to be in us in the same kind of spiritual union. How do you know you're going to heaven? Christ in you. Not above you, not beside you, but within you. I've often put it this way. You that doubt doubt that you're going to heaven if you really know Christ and keep your trust in Him. If you've been made holy enough for God to live in. If you've been, if any man love me, keep my commandments, I and my Father will come to him and make our abode with him. Holy Spirit comes to live within you. Christ comes to live within you. That's what makes heaven holy. It's not the streets of gold, the gates of pearl, the, all of the precious things there. It's the persons. It's the person on the mountain that made the mountain holy. It's the person manifesting on the bush that the man takes off his shoes and shows reverence for. Can you say, man, that person has come to live in you. That person has come to live in me. And it's Christ in you that is your hope of glory. Because if He can live in you, you can live with Him. Does that make any sense to you? If Christ... If any man don't have his spirit, you're none of his. You don't belong to him. He said, you can't be mine without me living in you. Amen? And that's another reason to perfect holiness, which means to pursue it and never let up. Because the holiest persons of heaven have come to live in these mortal bodies. Know you not that your body is the what? The temple. Hallelujah. The temple. Church is where the temple goes to worship. This is not the temple. If it was a beautiful cloistered building, you and I are the temple. We're the grandest expression of that prayer of Jesus. Father, you know how I'm in you and you're in me. 
I pray for them that they may be in us in that same kind of spiritual unity and union. Oh, and are you ready for this one? Strap in. Put on your Ding, ding, ding. Put on your spiritual seatbelt. How many will receive his word by faith? Because it's his word. John 17, Jesus said, And Father, not only let, let them be in us like I'm in you and you're in me. And God answered that prayer through the coming of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Listen, listen carefully. And Lord, since, since, Lord, don't take them out of the world. They're the light. They're the salt. He didn't say that, but that's what he meant. Don't take them out of the world right now. Because there's no witness to the world if you take them out of the world. But do something by your power, your grace. Keep them from the evil one. Keep the enemy from overwhelming them, from deceiving them, from defeating them. The Bible said we're kept by the power of God. Jesus prayed it and God's doing it right now. I I don't know about you, but I'm not going back. How can you say that? Because I'm kept by the power of God. This is not Robert and his weak flesh. This is God and his grace, mercy, and power. Can you say amen? I got a will in the matter. And I don't, listen, there's nothing behind. Everything is before. The cross before me, the world behind me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And then he prayed this. Father, I want you to love them. A lot. No. I want you to love them so much. No. Father, I want you to love them as you have loved me. I don't want you to treat them like some kind of a spiritual stepchildren. They're bone of my bone. They're flesh of my flesh. And I want you to love them just lots. John 17, Jesus praying for us. The Lord's Prayer. I love it. Somebody say, I love it too. That's better than getting a whooping, isn't it? Okay, we'll give you the whooping next week. I don't want you to get spoiled. Listen carefully. Only your old flesh. Your flesh needs a whipping. Not just yours. I'm just... Generalizing, <laughs> she say, "You need a whooping too." No, I'm, it's okay. I'm, I'm backing off. <laughs> I love you. So your flesh has got a whipping in here before, hadn't it? Nine two. I preached myself into an altar. Amen. Go home and say, "Lord, help me to live what I just preached." Amen. Hallelujah. And He does, and He does, and He will love them with the same love where with you have loved me. Don't love them any less than you love me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here's the logic of the cross once again appearing. The Apostle Paul said it clearly. If God loved us enough to give us His only begotten Son, how will He not also with Him freely give us all things? Everything that pertains to life, what we need in this life, and godliness, what we need to please God and serve Him. He has given us in Christ when He died on the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need to quit doubting 
And we need to grow up and not just grow old in church, being vacillating, staggering at every promise, letting our flesh lead us and our reasoning guide us and get right in the Word of God, get the Word of God in us and let faith rise inside of us so that God can move in answer to prayer and help us and everybody we're praying for. I'm glad those intestines are going to be reattached. I'm glad he's not condemned to have a colostomy bag. I'm glad he's went from 140 to 172. And I'm glad his appetite is back. I'm glad when the Lord spoke to me and said, quit praying as if I didn't hear and start praising me because I have heard. And it was a relief to me to get up in the morning without this sense of urgency or desperation to get up and say, Lord, I want to thank you for healing Charles. And I want to thank you that he's on a receptive end of receiving the answer. I don't know about you. I want to be in church where my faith is challenged. I want somebody to, to get me out of my wrong attitudes and, and my doubt and my fear and, and tell me something good. <laughs> Hallelujah. That I can get a hold of. I want to take it home with me. I want to apply it to my life. I want to see God glorified. Every time you get a chance to miss church, try not to. You need to hear the word of God because that's how faith comes. And it don't come through nothing else you're going to do all week long. Nothing. And whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Hallelujah. Is there anyone here to say, Pastor Venable, I need to spend more time in God's house, in God's word, in God's worship, in God's praise. Wave at me if you need more time. You're the only person who can take the time. You're the only person who can prioritize your life and say this is more important than... You see, the world can catch you in its attitude, lovers of pleasure. And your flesh loves pleasure more than God. Your flesh don't love God at all. Period. Your flesh loves Everything it can get to please itself. That's why in order to follow Christ, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross. Do you believe it's time to quit doubting, staggering at every promise, blaming God, implying that he is unfaithful? Do you believe it's time to have a devotion that brings a discipline? That says, I want to hear the word. I want to learn from the scripture. There are people caught up in dead churches right now that hold some little, and I'm going to call it what it is, some little Mickey Mouse position. And they'd rather have that little name tag on their coat than to get under the word of God and grow in God and have their faith built up. And that's fine if all you want is churchianity. But if you ever, ever, need God to come through and no one else can come through you need to get somewhere where someone's going to challenge you to grow in him and grow up in him and come to know the father and be able to trust him enough to pray in faith 
and see him move in your life. Miracles are here because God is here. Wonders are here because God is here. Hallelujah. Well, would you bow your head today? I'm going to pray. You lifted your hand. Almost everyone in the room did. I did in my heart. I lift my hand also physically. Lord, I want more of you. I need more of you. I need more than, than to camp out on what I already know. I need to know more. Tell me more. Tell me more about Jesus. Father, I thank you that you're here today. I thank you, Lord. We're not going to, we're not going to give up on revival. We're not going to give up on people that have burnt out and have lost the first love and, and don't care about your worship or your word. Because one day they're going to need a miracle. One day they're going to need you. And no one else will be able to help them. Help them to see that need now. And help them to be able, in the time of threat or trouble, to run to a God that they know by name. Hallelujah. And therefore they trust with everything. And see you. And receive the help from you. And bring glory and honor to you when they do. In the name of Jesus Christ today. And for the glory of God. Hallelujah.